Welcome to Catholic Kettlebells. I'm your host, Brianna, from briannag.com. Catholic Kettlebells is for you, the busy working mom that's trying to be healthy and strong, but find yourself wondering, am I doing this right? I want the best for you, so any advice I may give is not a substitute for professional help. If you struggle with eating or exercise disorders, depression, diabetes, mortal sin, or any other medical or mental issue, please seek professional guidance for your unique situation from a doctor, priest, or other licensed professional. Join me now to see how your faith ties into exercise, get a lot of hope, and stop hating yourself. Hello, my busy working mom. How are you? I hope everything is fantastic over in your neck of the woods. And I wanted to talk about today's reading at Mass. So if you're listening tonight, I hope I got this out uh, for it to still technically be Sunday. Technically is a word that's going to be coming up. So I'm kind of laughing to myself right now. I wanted to ask, have you ever heard or seen something and it just blew your mind? You didn't see it coming and it, you just have no words. You just have no words. Um, I wanted to talk, well, back, back to what we're supposed to talk about, right? The gospels. I remember reading something from the gospels as a teenager. Now, when I was a teenager, Um, I started reading my Bible. It's what changed my life. I was like sad, depressed, poor, pitiful me, you know, pity parties, um, what, whatever that's for like another episode. But what changed my life was reading my Bible, especially the gospels in the new Testament, especially Matthew. So much in Matthew that really, really resonated with me. Uh, back at that age, and not taking away from any of the other books, but I mean, Matthew just spoke volumes to me, and I wonder if that's why I just absolutely love the character of Matthew in the TV show, The Chosen. If you have not seen that TV show, I highly recommend it. But back to the Gospel of Matthew that I was reading as a teenager, and what I was reading was a Mike drop moment. It blew my mind. I was like, what? So what was it? It was today's reading. So it's from Matthew 22. And it's a situation where the leaders of the day, the Pharisees, etc., wanted to catch Jesus blaspheming in order to have reason to arrest and kill him. Now, this isn't new. They're always trying to set Jesus up. They can't stand him. Um, He says he's, what everybody is saying, that he is the Messiah. His following is growing. The church leaders are like, what on earth? This guy says contrary to what we believe, or so they thought. He wasn't preaching contrary. He was fulfilling and pointing out the stuff that they forgot. Um, And so he wasn't looking like the Messiah that they were expecting. I mean, Jesus was just dropping truth bombs left and right, calling people out, holding a mirror up to their faces, and they hate him for it. Oh, they hate him for it. So they're trying to set him up. Like I said, nothing new. They try to set him up all over the place. But because he's God, 
He knows what's up. And ain't nobody fooling Jesus, okay? Like, we can all agree. You cannot fool God. So these guys couldn't either. In this gospel of Matthew, when I read it for the first time, I was paying attention. I was a teenager. And when they send people to set up Jesus, they're like, these are what I mean by people, the Pharisees. They have people that they're going to send because they themselves aren't going to go. They're going to send other people to do their dirty work. So these following words are not from the Bible. This is just me having conversation in my brain, reading the gospel back then, what I inferred was said. This is how I pictured it being set up. They're like, okay, guys, here's a plan. You, you all, you go to Jesus compliment him, tell him how great he is, and then ask him if we, the Jewish people of Israel, should be paying taxes to the Romans. That'll get him. Now, teenage Brianna was like, oh my Lord, what are you going to say? Either way, there's no good answer Jesus can give. If he's getting He's going to be getting arrested and killed by the Romans if he says, yeah, these Romans, they're holding our people down. They're oppressing us. Forget about their taxes. Oh, that's that's not going to fly like that. No Roman soldier is going to let that fly. Somebody will go and tell on him if the Romans didn't hear it for themselves, which was the plan. The Pharisees sent guys. That's what they want to hear. So they're ready to tell on him if he answers that way. Or he could answer another way. But he's going to be hated by all of his followers. And he's going to be seen as a traitor to his people if he says something like, you know what, guys? We should be breaking our backs to give the money that we can barely scrape up to our oppressors. Yeah, let's give these taxes over. Let's just give that to the Romans who hold us down. Then he would be seen like the Jewish tax collectors of those days, a traitor. The Jewish tax collectors worked for the Romans, and they were seen as traitors to their people. So back to teenage Brianna, thinking... What did Jesus say? What's he going to say? I know he doesn't die here. That comes later. But how did he get out of this one? How did he get out of this unharmed? Oh, young teenage you, immature in your faith. Jesus doesn't get out, air quotes, get out of stuff. He never runs and hides He doesn't try to escape anything in fear because Jesus is the king and the king of kings doesn't run and hide. The lion of Judah fears no man and no evil. So what did Jesus say? Well, let's find out. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, Line 15, it says, The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him, 
with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. They handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that, he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Mike, drop Jesus. My teenage mind, blown. My spiritually immature soul's mouth dropped open. I was blown away from, number one, how logical Jesus' response is. Two, how unafraid he is. He flat out calls them hypocrites to their face. Three, how simple the answer is. Four, how truthful the answer is. And number five, it's irrefutable. So what did these Barneys do after the king of kings spoke? Nothing. It's irrefutable, remember? Matthew twenty-two, twenty-two reads, When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. Mic drop! So how are you going to apply this to your life? Where in your life are you giving to Caesar what rightfully belongs to God? You might have to think about this after listening to it. Uh, I bet there are so many ways that you and I both can sit here and think. But just a few off the top of my head, the, the ones that come to mind first, are you tithing? The <laughs> are you tithing? Are you able to quote raunchy songs and TV shows instead of the word of God? Are you going to restaurants for happy hour and the mall in these still COVID times? You're going to the restaurants, you're going to the mall, you're going to your friend's house, you're going to your friend's birthday party, you're doing this or that, the things that you do want to do outside of your house, but not going to mass because you still have dispensation and you're technically not required to attend? Technically. Technically is a letter of the law. 
and not the spirit of the law. The true purpose and reason the law was created in the first place. Technically, you and I cannot stand before the king of kings when our earthly life is over and say, technically, Lord, I wasn't required to go to mass and eat your body and drink your blood like you said in the gospel of John chapter 6, start at verse 48. Read all the way through to 70. Again, John 6. That's John chapter 6, verse 48. Read it till the end. Technically, I'm exempt from X, Y, Z. Technically, I was this. Technically, I was that. Well, that really wasn't my fault, Lord, because, you know, somebody uh, tricked me. No. Technically is a hypocritical, hypocritical. Yeah, it is. A hypocritical Pharisee game. You and I, like the hypocrites in this passage, cannot pull a fast one on the Lion of Judah. We can't do that to our Savior, who died for the sins that we're trying to cover up. But good news. Today is a new beginning. Let us confess our ignorant mistakes, the straight-up sins that we did intentionally and all of our technical BS to the Lord. Lord, forgive me if I can't say BS. Because although he is the lion, he is merciful. He is full of love for you. He awaits for you with open arms. Now, I kind of sound to myself corny when I say this, because you hear it all the time. Oh, the Lord, he waits for you. But it's true. Isn't that what we want? We just want to be forgiven. If only everybody on earth would just be like, you know what? I know you feel horrible for what you said or did or didn't do, and you were supposed to, and you should have. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. But I forgive you. And let's start anew. Let this relationship is back to its best. Before all of that sinning and wrongdoing, we would love it if somebody who we wronged came up to us and just said all these things. But that doesn't really happen too often. And most of the time, we have to be the first person to make that first step, but not with God, not with Jesus. He really does wait for you with open arms, no matter your past. Why? Because you are a child of God. And he says, come home, beloved daughter. Come home, beloved son. For more mic-dropping moments from Jesus, read the Gospels. It changed my life. I promise you it will change yours. If you don't know what the gospel is, these are the books. These books are all in the Bible. It's just what they call every section of the Bible. There's a bunch of them. So it's called the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, and the book of John. Those make up the gospels in the Bible. And ask God the Holy Spirit to open your heart to the words of God the Son, Jesus. Okay, busy mom, that was today's talk. 
I've got to run. But before I go, I want to tell you, you are loved by your friends, family, me, and most importantly, by God. Talk to Jesus today. Go to confession. Get that burden lifted out of your heart. Let Jesus fill it because he is the giver of life. Receive him in holy communion because he is your true strength in this world. Put hope into your daily life and remember, you were made to be strong.